The Free for All Roundtable. Brought to you by Lexus Avon, Canada's newest Lexus dealer in the Maple Auto Mall near Rutherford at Highway 400. Luxury is closer than you think. Round one. On round one today, Scott Reed is here, CTV political commentator. Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers. Jerry Agar, host of the Jerry Agar Show, 9 to noon, right here on the Mighty 1010. Good morning, everybody. Hope you all had a good long weekend. And we certainly start with an intriguing political story today. Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie, who will be in our studios at 8.20, is running for the leadership of the provincial Liberals. Jerry, our our old friend at the uh, Toronto Star, Robert Benzi, insists that the Conservatives are terrified of her. Well, well, I don't know if they're terrified of her, but uh, certainly uh, if I was another person who wanted to be leader of the Liberals, I might be terrified of her because uh, she's going to be formidable. I think there's a couple of things that leap to mind. Can she continue to be mayor while she runs for leader? She plans to. Uh, well, that's... Uh, and a, I and told her you'd pick a fight with her over that. Well, I mean, well, isn't that a reasonable uh, question to ask? I mean, how can you run for something as consequential as a party leader of a devastated party? There's going to be a lot of work to do there to build that party back up. It isn't even really officially a party right now. Uh, and she thinks she can be mayor at the same time. And the other thing that occurs to me, and Brian Lilly was talking about this in his column in The Sun. Um, so you have some mayors who wanted strong mayor powers. Okay, Doug Ford gave him that. Um, she wants out appeal. Doug Ford gave her that. And the first thing she does is turn on Doug Ford. She doesn't seem to be much of a friend. Okay, well, Deb Hutton, are there friends in politics? Of course there are. Scott Reid is my friend, and we do not agree on much when it comes to politics. Maybe we will on Bonnie. I'm not so sure here. Um, I like Bonnie. I bet I've known her for 30 years. Uh, I think it is good news for the Liberal Party. I do think it is bad news for Merritt Stiles of the NDP, as well as Doug Ford, uh, because I do think she'll be a formidable opponent when it comes around uh, time for the next election. I am with Jerry on the notion that if you are going to be on the public dime, and you are going to run for another job that puts you on the public dime, you must resign. The person who didn't do it was Patrick Brown, and if I were Bonnie Crombie, I wouldn't want to model myself after Patrick Brown, quite frankly. The last thing I'll say on this is that it is interesting that uh, there's going to have to be a by-election for mayor in Mississauga, and I suspect that by-election will be about the change that Doug Ford has proposed for Peel. Uh, So that part as well is not good news for Doug Ford, because I don't know that you want to have an entire campaign run on one of your policies when you really have no control over the candidates in that campaign. Okay, so now let's turn to Deb Hutton's friend, Scott Reed. Well, Deb is exactly right. We're very good friends, even though we come from different (laughs) political backgrounds. But not for one moment am I so foolish as to believe that she wouldn't push me in front of a streetcar in order to trade for 10 votes. So that's just the way it goes in this biz. Um, It may be five votes. um, But look, I think uh, I think everybody's sort of done the tour de table on Bonnie. I think I'll just come at it from this perspective, having been involved in the Ontario Liberal Party since the 1980s. Um, Bonnie emerges immediately as like not just a front runner, but an overwhelming front runner. And so it is really going to shape and define the race. I think that um, there are two issues that face her. Um, and one is the issue that's been raised already. And the clock is ticking. Uh, she is on that clock. So she's going to try to hold both spots. She's going to call this an exploratory committee. That time is going to you know, run out at some point. It's going to be intolerable to do both positions. I don't know when that is, but it's at some point for sure. And I think the second thing is she enters this race 
as a 905er, as someone with political experience, as someone with a ton of political appeal, she is formidable, and therefore she's going to have her own expectations to run against. So if I was her, I'd be starting to tamp down expectations. You know, you want to clear the field for other leadership candidates, but you don't want people to think that you're so great that when they have a look at it, they go, wait a second, I thought you were... Uh, an absolute uh, messiah. So she's going to have to contend with that. But boy, she's in a strong position. And you know, she really does give the liberals a, a, a hope and really should scare the living hell out of Mart Styles and the NDP. It certainly is an interesting game of musical chairs, though, because let's see, Mitzi Hunter quit Queens Park to run for mayor. And- she had to. Apparently, Gary Crawford is uh, about to hand in his papers because he's going to run to succeed Mitzi Hunter. And then, the you know, there's going to be a by-election for mayor of Mississauga as Bonnie Crombie goes to Queens Park. And I don't know if that closes the loop. Yeah, it's like in sports where the coach gets fired because the team wasn't doing well and another team goes, well, we'll take him. It's the same coach that's being rotated around. Uh, Olivia Chow continues to have a commanding lead. And, you know, Scott, I don't know where you are on the Toronto mayor's race. It just, you know, I get it. She's a very nice lady and she's been around a while, but I can't quite figure out why she's cleaning everybody's clock. Name recognition and NDP organization. And the left essentially cleared out for her. And uh, that's that's what I think is really happening. All those candidates that remain on the left, with the exception of Josh Matlow, who I would more or less put on the left, um, have cleared the track for her. So she's in a strong position. I really think it falls on the others. I mean, someone's going to have to emerge. And I think one of the problems is that Mark Saunders is sort of floating around 20%. I don't really think he can get any more than that. I don't think he's that talented a candidate. I think he's got real shortcomings, but he creates a blockage in terms of the other side. And so Saunders isn't going to lead this race. He's not going to win this race. And he's going to make it almost impossible for anybody else on the other side of the ledger to get traction and to be a real competitor against Chow. I mean, if you had to bet $100 right now, you'd bet 101 that she'll win this race. Okay. Well, for some people, Diriego, that's um, actually kind of terrifying. As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's terrifying necessarily to John Burnside, but the last time he was here, he gave me a copy of a book, the subtitle of which is How Progressives Ruin Cities. Yeah. Well, it's terrifying to me. But the thing is, the star ran an article the other day, or a column the other day, saying, yeah, 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 she's ahead. But she was ahead the last time she ran and she came third. Yes, but she came third to John Tory and Doug Ford. And Josh Matlow and Mark Saunders are not John Tory and Doug Ford. Um, so I, at this point, I'm, I'd probably be surprised if she doesn't win. Okay. Deb Hutton, do you feel like the jello is setting? I don't. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, as I say, every time we talk about this, John, I'm supporting Anna Bailao. Uh, Let's just keep in mind that there is as much time between today and when we vote as there is for an entire provincial election campaign. So there's a long way to go. There's four debates in the next 48 hours. She hasn't said a lot. The only thing she's really talked about of substance is taxation. I think she's at like 400 million plus in terms of what she has said she will tax. And in the last debate I watched a week ago, she said, I'm ready to tax. So to Jerry's point, that scares me. It should scare everyone. We can't afford Olivia Chow. And I don't think this is over. Uh, advocates for the homeless are very unhappy that Barry City Council has passed a raft of motions that effectively make even giving food or cash to the homeless, uh, not necessarily a crime, but they're trying to ban it. Um, Deb Hutton, this sort of flares up every few years in different jurisdictions where people try to come up with a fix as if, you know, the homeless are like wild animals and if you feed them, they'll just keep coming back. 
Well, it is a problem, John. I, I don't share what you just said, obviously, and I don't think most people do. And just because we look at creative solutions for fixing the problem doesn't make us all bad people. And yet the left wants to say, oh, my God, that's a terrible, a terrible, terrible solution. Because the left is okay keeping people in encampments, quite frankly, which I've never understood. I mean, look at all the activists who, who said, please let these people in Toronto continue to live in public parks. It's ridiculous. I actually think people who are looking for creative solutions, whether you agree with them or not, at least are being more humane than the people who say tent cities are okay, encampments are okay, let people live on our streets. Okay, well, Jerry, I don't believe that people should be living in our parks, but I do hand out loonies and toonies in my neighborhood. Okay, I don't think that's what they're trying to stop, or you want to give somebody a sandwich, because they specifically mentioned tents and that kind of thing. I mean, how do you think homeless people who don't have any money get a nice tent? Uh, it's because it's given to them by these activists, the same people who show up and cause all the trouble whenever the police try to shut it down. Those tents, by the way, are taken in by the city, and because they ostensibly are the property of the person who was living in it, they can come to the city and claim their tent back. They don't, because they didn't pay for it in the first place. They don't care. So they just wait for the activists to give them another one. That is what I believe the city of uh, Barrie is trying to stop. It's not, you know, an extension of don't feed the pigeons. Okay, Scott Reed. Well, hang on, hang on. That, I don't know what they're trying to do, but what they are doing is saying, no, you can't actually give money to a panhandler. You can't give money or food to somebody on the street. And I'm sorry, like we can go around the Mulberry Bush about encampments and the left and the right. This policy, judged on its own merits, unto itself, is mean-spirited and stupid. It just is. And so, you know, like, if you're in a position where you see somebody in need and you say, I can't give that person $5, I can't take that person and buy them a cup of coffee, like, to me, that's ridiculous. I could do it if it was my sister or my cousin who was destitute. I can't do it for a stranger. Like, encourage people to give you know, to shelters, encourage people to give to charitable organizations. I get that part of the policy. But saying in order to drive you there, we're going to literally prohibit you from providing aid person to person, moment to moment, human exchange to human exchange, that is mean-spirited and stupid. It's also not actually effective to, uh, it's more effective to give to shelters, et cetera, and food banks than it is to give people money on the street because... I don't disagree with that, but don't prohibit my ability to help the person standing in front of me who's in visible need. Um, Justin Trudeau, people have been writing his political obit for, well, since he got into the business, and the latest approval numbers actually show that eight years in, he's doing better than any other prime minister was at this juncture, than, except with the exception of Jean Chrétien. So, Scott Reed, does his durability surprise you? No, I mean, look, this is, you know, this is a sign of our times. There is a polarity and a polarization to our politics. So, you know, those who like Trudeau tend to like him in a sturdy way. Um, the real question, though, I mean, this is kind of one of these relative measures, you know, relatively speaking, well, he's not running against Stephen Harper seven years ago, and he's not running against the ghost of Arthur Mann, right? He's going to be running against the charge that's coming from his right and Pierre Polyev. And the question is, is the government doing everything it can to be better and to better position itself for re-election? Or is it wasting opportunities? I think it spends a lot of time these days wasting opportunities. Today's going to be one hell of a check on that. It's going to be interesting. Yes. What is David Johnson going to recommend? What will the government do? Let's imagine for a moment that David Johnson recommends that there ought to be no public inquiry into this question of inter uh, international interference. 
Shouldn't the government call one anyway? Doesn't it want to reassure uh, public minds? I'm going to be watching very carefully. So his his popularity may be sturdy, um, but that doesn't mean that he's going to win re-election. And it doesn't even mean that he's the awesome favorite to win re-election. They've got to get better. Yeah, that was a rare invocation of Arthur Meehan, I might add. But uh, Deb, your thoughts? Well, the the number that is should be problematic for the Liberals isn't the the actual popularity contest. It's that fifty five percent of Canadians, forty percent strongly disapprove of the job he's doing, and that's a challenge for any government. It's a particular challenge for incumbent governments. Uh, you guys know I'm not a massive fan of Pierre Poilievre, uh, but he is a formidable opponent, and I think he's doing some of the, the right things that he needs to do to bring people like me back on side. The other thing, though, on the opposite side of this that, that he has going for him, that Trudeau has going for him, is that Jagmeet Singh is a disaster. So he's not peeling off votes from the left in a way that conservatives might like him to. Okay. Uh, 60 seconds on the clock, so let's jump to one last thing. Jerry, do you want to uh, trade in a home in Toronto and go live in a castle in Scotland? Yeah, I, uh, I was reading that. You know, a castle in Scotland, first of all, oh, it has 17 bedrooms. That sounds like a lot of work, first of all, to look after. And second of all, aren't those things drafty? Yes. And and musty? Probably not even heated. Yeah, and might might have, like, I don't know, right. Dracula in the basement or something? Like a, no, Just I, Scottish people. Well, okay, the Scottish version of Dracula. I wish I could do an impersonation right now that would be funny, but I can't. McTaggart! <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, it, it doesn't seem a good trade-off. Thank you all. Good to have you. Deb Hutton, Scott Reed, and Jerry Agar on round one. 